Hi, this is Colin Clive from Mustard Plug, and you're listening to Rocket Night. Great. Hi, this is Anita Stewart with Rocket Night, and I'm chatting with Colin Clive of Mustard Plug, a very cool ska band from Grand Rapids, Michigan, that's been around playing and recording ska since 1991. Um, For those of you that don't know exactly what ska is, it's kind of a perfect blend of reggae music and pop music and um, it's got a lot of brass in it as well, so it changes it up. But sometimes it can be political, and sometimes it can be played just for fun. So we're going to kind of dis- we're going to discover exactly what ska is with some of these uh, questions and answers uh, as we go along. So um, thank you, Colin, for being here. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how? Mustard Plug formed and how you got the name. You've been around since 1991, so that's going on, wow, almost 30 years now. 30 years this year, actually. So. Yes, yes. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a journey for sure. Um, yeah, we started in 91. Um, basically, Dave Kirchgesner and I um, would see each other at various punk and ska shows that would kind of come through Michigan. Um, kind of ska stuff at that time. It was most, mostly like the Toasters or like Bim Scalabim, um, Fishbone, stuff like that, um, English Beat or like a some variation of that. Um, but basically we either see it, see, we'd kind of cross paths at that, um, at those kind of shows. And we were both in college. And when we both graduated, we're like, well, what, what do we do now? And uh, we thought we'd start a ska band. <laughs> so... So, so we did, um, just really with un- the only uh, goal of, you know, to get free beer and uh, play with bands that we like, basically. So, um, so that's what we did, and 30 years later, here we are, still, still doing it, I guess. So. so, how did you get the unusual name? Was there something? Was there some kind of hidden meaning um, to the name of the band? Um, I mean, the name itself basically describes the the kind of crusty dried up mustard that forms on a on a squeeze bottle after <laughs> sitting sitting in the fridge or anywhere for too long um so that's what it actually is um and at the time there was a guy that was i mean we had probably 10 people in the band like the first few practices and the guy that named the band was i mean he, i don't think he ever played a show other than maybe like our first basement kind of i don't mean if you, i wouldn't even call it a show but performance of some sort um his his contribution was was that's what he called that item that crusty mustard was a mustard plug so we were throwing around band names um like shrinky dinks was one of them uh wanker daddies 
there was a bunch of really bad names. Um, so that seemed like the least bad name at the time, and, uh, and, and, and we went for it. So. And it kind of gave you a color to go by as far as when you do your branding on your socials, you can use the color of mustard, which is uh, actually that's one of the most eye-catching colors when you're doing signage for anything is uh, yellow. So that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, in the long run, I mean, would we be happier with another name? I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, I mean, we definitely we haven't had to do any legal battles for, you know, the rights to the name, which is a plus, and uh, yeah, and and, it, and, it, and it, it, you know, it it feels normal, normal now, and people say it, and you're kind of like, yeah, that that that's where it is. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it is what it is, for better or for worse. But right back in 1991, um, this was kind of like on the tail end of uh, what I would call the ska movement because it really. My interpretation of ska was that it was kind of born in the working class white communities and the black communities in London. Um, that's kind of where it started, and it was an even blend of, um, of course, reggae and punk coming together and forming this new genre, which I think really started out more politically. Would you say that? music is more political or do you think that it's just now it's played more for fun um i think it i mean it really just depends on the band itself um a lot of bands kind of focus on like the fun part of it um a lot of bands kind of do a halves and half half and half sort of thing um some bands kind of lean heavily towards, you know, the, the more political stuff, you know, as an example, like Suicide Machines, definitely more politically focused versus Real Big Fish, you know, or, or something like that. Um, right. And maybe put like the toasters in the middle, uh, which kind of do a, you know, a half and half sort of situation. Um, I think us, us as ourselves, I mean, a lot of times, I mean, I, I, musically, we try to keep it pretty upbeat and fun and Whatever, but we also do incorporate some, you know, social commentary, political kind of stuff um, in in in, a, in our albums and stuff like that. I mean, I don't, we don't want to bog. It's not really the focus of what we do, but I think it's important enough for us to occasionally address things like that. Um, so yeah, I think. I mean, I think in the two tone time, you know, the era of two-tone ska, um, that was kind of a main motivation for a lot of it. But then you also had bands like Bad Manners who were kind of heavily towards the fun side with a little tiny bit of political stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So I think you still had, I mean, I, I think as a general genre, it was probably more politically based um, in the two-tone era than it is now, I think. But, I mean, it's hard to say, too, because there's, a ton more bands. If you just take the two-tone era, you know, there was six, uh, I'm just guessing, you know, six big, big bands, you know, and it was, you know, England, so it was not a huge country, you know, sort of thing, so. Right, right. If, if you take Scott in the 90s, there's 500 Scott bands, and, you know, there's going to be, that, that ratio is going to 
you know, change a lot, I guess. So. so when you speak about a two-tone band, what exactly do you mean by that? Um, I mean, that was kind of the, I think, the, the Scott um, era or whatever that, you, that you're kind of referring to, like the specials, Madness, English Bee, Selector. Right, right, stuff, right. Stuff, yeah. stuff like that. So that, that's where they pretty much took, um, I mean, because like the original ska came from like before reggae um, and like in the, from the Jamaica. So it was like the early dance music of, of Jamaica and then... Reggae kind of like it, it kind of that didn't really hit the mainstream. It kind of was popular, but then it, reggae kind of just over, overtook it, and that and kind of ska got lost at that point, sort of. Um, and then the the English kind of bands and stuff and youth and whatever took it over, and they're like, yeah, this stuff's cool. We're gonna add some punk stuff to it and kind of blow it up from there. So yeah, they made it like a hybrid. It was like a hybrid of of all of those forms that were so active and prominent and especially in London at that time. Um, So, so it was meant to morph into something new. And so you're saying it started out really with the dance hall music in Jamaica, which is really popular now, but it's not anyways, anywhere as close to ska. It's more dance music. So now, you know, right. So I mean, like, but like bands like 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 the Scottalites were like you know the one right, the old, you know that's where ska kind of started back in back then. So um, a lot of people don't kind of that that didn't get as much attention, um, you know, because reggae kind of to like Bob Marley started doing ska stuff, but he re- he's really only famous for his reggae stuff, sort of you know. Yeah, because Bob Marley really wasn't known in the U.S. until some big British bands started recording or bringing him on tour or because I remember the first time um, I shot the sheriff came on the radio and it was, it was Eric Clapton doing it. But even though it was a Bob Marley song, you know, the the song that hit the top 40 was Eric Clapton's version. So, um, so that really introduced reggae music to the U S because here in the U S we had never heard of it before. Um, and, and then, um, when I was, I was in, I, I had the honor to be stationed in Europe, like right at the very beginning of the eighties. So I was able to see a lot of the ska music and especially the punk music. Um, that was like the, that was like the top music at the time in Europe. Um, even though here in the States, it would have been considered underground, you know, at that time. So, um, so yeah, I was, I was open to all of that at that time. And really, bands like the English Beat had already toured the world. The English Beat had toured with, I believe it was the police. They did okay, a yep. tour with the police, and that was a huge tour, and it was a world tour. So that was, that was another introductory situation, you know, for people to hear ska for the first time. Yep. So that's awesome. You, but, were, you, were, you yeah. were very fortunate to be uh, in that in that part of the part of the world during that time. That's cool. It was pretty wild. Let me tell you, <laughs> the clubs were amazing, and uh, I was in actually stationed in Athens, Greece, for three years. So it was uh, 
it was quite an experience um, as far as music goes because there was so many different kinds. But I really gravitated toward the stuff that was more underground and not socially acceptable. <laughs> so, right. Good, 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 good job. So you've had, your band has had some um, – has had over the years, over the 30 years, quite a lot of um, uh, lineup changes. So I just want to make sure that I have um, the band names right. So it's Dave Kirschgesner who's on the lead vocals, yep. Rick Johnson on bass and keyboard, yep. Nathan Cohn on drums, Brandon Jennison on trumpet and backing vocals. Yep. And Jim Hoffer on trombone. And then you're doing guitar and vocals. Um, yep. I, I, I kind of share go- lead vocals, so whatever. Mm-hmm. And have you, with, with all the lineups, um, lineup changes, how has that affected the music um, as far as the continuity? Has, has the music itself that you've pre-recorded changed or are you pretty much um, doing the same things and then how often do you get to actually write and record more? Um, I mean the lineup changes I mean we you are correct we have gone through a fair fair number of members Um, but oddly if you kind of it was it was that was basically like in a period I'm just kind of guess it was probably like late 90s to early 2000s it was kind of when that and like right at the beginning of the band was when a lot of the lineup changes went. Um, I mean, our, uh-huh. our, our, line, our, our lineup now is over 10 years consistent um, as it is. Um, and, then, and then the rest of it's foggy yet before that, so <laughs> I don't know. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, as far as writing and stuff like that, um, I mean, it, it, does, it does make a difference. Um, a lot of the member changes were... I think there was always a, a little bit of consistency. I mean, like the two the two horn players of that Brandon and Jim have been with us twenty plus years themselves. So I mean, two horns and the two singers and guitar player have all been pretty much the whole since the beginning, give or take the first four years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so there's there's I think I think having that core consistency um, hasn't made some of the other ins and outs, you know, with drummers or, or bass players um, as, as big of a, an issue. So I, I, I think it's, it, it's, it's allowed us to kind of maintain a relative consistency as far as songwriting and stuff like that. So, Right. If that, if um, that <laughs> oh, yeah, it does. Um, you've done quite a lot of touring as a band. Uh, you've been just about everywhere, um, you know, which is which is kind of amazing for a ska band. But tell me what audiences do you think were most receptive to your music that really liked ska and um, and that where you have your biggest fans? Um, I mean, we really. I mean, probably one of the best things about being in the band is being able to, to travel, obviously Um, being able to travel to, to overseas to different countries. That's been like, you know, the greatest gift the band has given, you know, us, I think as, as a whole, just being able to 
go those places because it's a lot of places we wouldn't probably get the chance to go to on our own, you know, or it's, it would just be more difficult. Um, you know, it's nice if you can break even or, you know, right. you, kind of have a, you kind of have a purpose, like you're, you know, and, and sometimes you have people showing you around, like you have kind of a, a directive. Um, so, like, I mean, being able to go, like, Brazil, like, I mean, I, I would have loved to go to Brazil on my own anyway, but being able to just kind of be invited and a band showing us around and we play some shows and kind of see the sights from a local's perspective and then, you know, go on our way is, 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 is such a cool um, thing. So, I mean, any, any foreign, foreign country you want to name is the best thing ever. I mean, we adore Japan. It's like, that's probably, that's probably a, the, the ultimate, you know, destination as a band. We've gone four times now, I think. Um, wow. Just because that probably out of everywhere feels the most different, but also, like, I don't know. I mean, it's just a wonderful place. Um, but going to, going to England's great. I said Brazil. We, we just went to Australia before this whole uh, COVID madness happened. Um, we had never been there, and that was super fun. I, I hope we get to go back again. Um so I mean, in, any any of those places, best thing ever. Um, but then I mean, you go through the states and stuff like that. I mean, like Denver. Denver's huge for us. I mean, we I'm not sure why. I mean, we've consistently gone there. Um, but I mean, most major cities are are you know pretty great. J- J- yeah, Japan seems to have have this just affinity and this huge love for anything American, any kind of music American, any little bit of our culture, they just adore that. So I can understand why you would love going there, but um, going to places like Brazil, which seems so exotic, that just, that's amazing too. And of course, with everything that's changed with uh, COVID, as you mentioned, um, uh, you know, the, the festivals are going to change, the whole festival scene. Um, I see here that you went on the Warped Tour um, before, and of course now that's over, but there's plenty of other um, tours and festivals that go on that are probably going to be severely affected by what's happening with COVID. Um, Have you considered doing any of the online festivals or have you already participated in those? Um, I mean, it's it's crossed our minds just because you know, what, what, what do we do? What, what should we be doing? Um, but I mean, we're all have different levels of, I mean, as, as a whole, out of the six of us, we're all hundred percent, you know, practicing as being as socially distant as we can. I mean, some, some of the guys have three kids and some have none and, you know, some are have a teacher for a wife and some don't, you know, so there's different levels of, of what you're capable of doing um, in, in a situation right. like this. Um, what, what's realistic um, as far as like people having to go to work or not having to go to work and this and that. Um, but I mean, as a whole, I mean, we haven't seen, I mean, outside of maybe out, being out, outside 15 feet, of, feet apart, <laughs> you know, we haven't, we haven't practiced or, or, or been, been together since, since this started. Um, just cause I think each, each, each person in the band has different 
safety precautions they're trying to take and, and the band's super, you know, respectful of that. So, um, so I mean, as far as getting together and trying to do really do anything is, I guess, not really in the cards right now because even to play a show online, you have to get together with the other five guys and then getting together with the other five guys, who who have they been in contact with, you know, on purpose or not on purpose or because of, you know, their spouse works somewhere or, you know, like. Right. It just opens up. It, it just kind of snowballs. Like, I mean, you, you think, oh, there's only five of us. And if we all just be really careful, blah, blah, but, you know, and then where are you going to practice? You're going to be in a basement in a tiny room blowing horns and screaming and stuff and you know and all of a sudden it doesn't seem so safe you know when you start thinking right about right sort of stuff. so we've just kind of chalked it up as you know un- un- until it's safer I think for us and for humanity as a whole you know where we're not contributing to the problem um, we want to be you know we want to help help be the solution and not and not contribute so for better or for worse, we're in, we haven't done done any of that stuff. Um, I think it's it's fine, I suppose, as long as people that are doing it are, are being safe about it. Um, I also like I've I've watched a few online shows or you know whatever. They all kind of, I mean, they all just kind of seem a little sad to me. <laughs> like to be honest, um, I mean it's just not the same. You know, it's like watching a band played to nobody isn't right right (laughs) i've seen i've seen a few of those like i watched one that was by trevor hall who happens to be one of my favorites and and he was like in this beautiful venue i guess i guess it was somewhere in denver but it was a beautiful venue and he described it i can't remember the name of it but um, that's exactly what he was doing. He was on the stage alone playing to no one. And while the show was beautiful, you know, it's you're missing that, you know, human element that's right. part of the exchange from live music to the audience and back again. You're, you know, that's all gone. So yeah, it's, um, it's super weird because, I mean, I, I think it works way better if it's, they're not trying to do it in like a normal concert venue or stuff like that. Like I, like I just watched like pup did uh pup from Canada did a, the tiny desk thing, but they just did it in like the singer's living room or whatever. Right. Right. I, you know, and I think those have more charm, like kind of different environments, like out of the ordinary kind of like we're in our living room or whatever. Not that that's the safest place to be, you know, then that, that's still right. Like, throws that all into the mix but um they also don't have horn players and they were wearing masks and so there's different levels i think even as a band and and whatnot you know maybe they all live together i don't know um but i think that's cooler like i i actually enjoyed watching that but then like in like kind of the flip side of that like i watched a little bit of like i i'm a you know i'm an older gentleman and i love i i love kiss i will you know Wave. <laughs> I love Kiss too. Yes. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll always love Kiss, but like they did that huge thing in Dubai for like New Year's, you know, with right. multi-million fireworks and just the most extravagant lights and all this stuff. But they were playing to like an empty pavilion space, and like just 
it was just weird. Like, I mean, even though they didn't purposely show that uh, that there was no one there, like just hearing like, you know, like the parts where people are supposed to be singing back, you know, like, and there's nothing, it's just quiet, <laughs> you know? And, and it's just like, yeah, it just kind of felt sad. It's like, oh, I feel, I, I, I can't feel sorry for kids. Like they're, they're just playing all by themselves. <laughs> How boring. Exactly. So. In a beautiful place like Dubai too, you know, which is, you know, that's an incredible place. Um, yeah. So where do you see the band going, you know, if if COVID is lifted, are you guys ready to get back into the studio, record, do, do, do different band members have specific ideas or new songs? Are you able to keep in touch on that level? Yeah, we've um, we actually, um, I, I was fairly productive through the summer of, uh, the summer of COVID, 2020 summer, um, and we got a, a pretty nice, healthy pile of demos um, going. We did a lot of, you know, songwriting back and forth via the, the, the interwebs and sharing files and stuff like that. Um, so we got a pretty darn good kind of collection of songs ready to go, I think, um, once we... Right. Can, you know, in a perfect world, we'd like to get together and play them, you know, and kind of work out some kinks that way. Um, we did manage to kind of throw together a song for the Sky Against Racism compilation um, that came out uh, this fall or kind of in the summer sometime. Uh, we did kind of put together a song for that, um, which was cool and, and, and fun, and we did that all, you know, socially distant, um, just sharing files and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're basically we're trying to. Um, actually, we've been kind of in talks about what, so what do we do with all these songs? Um, I think currently we're thinking of maybe trying to maybe once the vaccine stuff starts happening and things are safe enough to, you know, maybe do some safe trips you know, one at a time to our our local studio, our bass player runs the studio, um, so. Who knows, but I guess, long story short, try, trying to whip up maybe an EP or something that's that we can release, you know, when things open up, I guess, so at least we have something to show. Um, right. And then, and then soon after, wrap up the rest of the songs and, and try to get an album out soon, soon after that. So. Now, we've only got a few more minutes, but I did want to ask, um, as, as a... A musician yourself, uh, whether you're with the band or not with the band in five or ten years, what do you see yourself doing, whether it has to do with music or some some kind of personal thing or hobby, or where do you see yourself? Not in a um, rocking chair, I hope. <laughs> well, I mean, seeing as I've been doing this same thing for 30 years, it's probably going to be more of, more of the same, um, unless I'm for health reasons, I can't. Um, but I mean, I, I I love doing this. I love playing shows. Um, I mean, I've I've kind of been doing this hybrid of being in a band, DJing at clubs, and I, like currently I work at a bike shop. I've worked there for six years now, a bicycle bicycle shop, um, kind of part part time job of of sorts to kind of supplement things. Um, but I like I like that variety. Um, I don't want to give up playing shows. I don't want to give up you know, the opportunity to travel and go places and 
see friends and stuff from that I wouldn't normally get to see. Um, so hopefully, hopefully more of the same. I guess it's hard to say, but I'm 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 game right now. So. Well, thank you so much, um, Colin, for being with us. And um, everybody, we've been just chatting with Colin Clive from uh, Mustard Plug out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, a ska band. You've got to check out all of their recordings, which have been happening since 1992, actually. Um, I'm counting 91, so it's 1, 2, 3, (laughs) 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 recordings so far. So that's quite a lot of um, music out there. And um, we will get back in touch with you on the flip side of this and find out what's going on with the band and all about new songs, new shows. And um, I just want to thank you for talking with me today. Oh, you're welcome. I, I, I would like to add a, add a quick edit if I could. Sure. Um, we also have a kind of a a, 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 a second bass player. I don't want to leave him out in the in the cold because he did record on our new song that's on that Sky Against Racism album, um, and he'll likely be doing more recording with us. Um, but his name's Greg Witulski. So okay. So currently we're kind of rolling with two bass players, for, if that's for the, to make things confusing. But but he 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 does do a lot of touring with us and stuff like that. Um, Rick Rick Johnson does sound for. A lot of very famous rock and roll bands, um, so sometimes he's not always available. So, right. I just wanted, I, well, I just wanted to give props to Greg. So, of course. Um, well, thank you so much, Colin, and you have uh, a great day. And we'll be putting this up on Rocket Night, and um, uh, we're looking for more music from your band. <laughs> awesome. So okay. Talking to you. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Okay, thanks. Bye. You're listening to Rock at Night. The introductory song, Get On Down, is from blues artist Billy, Billy Bass Alford. Look for his music at ReverbNation.com.